Hey, welcome or welcome back to the Uncomfortable is Okay podcast. I'm your host, Chris Desmond. This is the show where we help you get better at doing hard things. Today on the show, I've got Grant Verhoeven. And Grant and I are chatting today about navigating the discomfort of a career and work and what we should be doing and when we should be doing it and are we doing the right thing? Because Grant loves to see people get inspired to take the next step in their career. His area of speciality is equipping teams, leaders and aspiring professionals with the ability to understand and unlock their unique strengths through best practice coaching, training and education. So we we talk about looking at your career, looking at the work that you're doing through that lens today, figuring out should I be taking this next step? How do I take this next step? Where should I step? Should I even be stepping? Should I be doing something else instead? Uh, It's a really interesting conversation. Grant is very engaging, so I'm sure that you will very much enjoy this and get a lot from it. Thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with Grant and I today. Grant, welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. Thank you for taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me today. Well, my pleasure. And Uncomfortable Is Okay, it's always a little bit uncomfortable being (laughs) on a podcast. So Mm. I'm looking forward to it though. Very excited. Yeah, have you done a few podcasts before? Uh, no, no, this would be my first podcast, so oh, I do a lot of training and coaching, but uh, as for talking into a microphone, this is my first, so. It's the, the blinking blue light freaks people out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a bit like when you sort of first try to do some video work and you kind of <laughs> get like, a, I, I remember my very first time being in front of a green screen and feeling like a possum in headlights sort of with a camera shoved in my face but yeah it's all good it's mm, all good mm. it's a, it's interesting i mean I've, I've done this for a while now and so i can just sit there and talk into a microphone by myself in a room with no one around and it doesn't feel weird anymore which is which is good <laughs> it, it felt super weird to start with but uh that's all right and can I say that that voice of yours, I think, is natural for this sort of medium. Oh, thank you, thank you. I got told I had a voice for radio, so I was like, well, you that's, go. that's good. Um, Grant, I, I usually like to start, after a little bit of a ramble, with some background about who it is that I'm talking to. So, where were you born? Where did you grow up? So, I'm from Wellington. I went to Wellington College, and yeah, I suppose my journey into what I do now around career development and career transition really started when I was looking at what I wanted to do post. And uh, I remember I was lying on the floor at home. I'd enrolled in six different universities, including Dunedin and looking at physio through to mm-hmm. Auckland, Vic. And I was just really struggling to decide what I wanted to do next. And so I asked my dad, sitting there in the chair with his newspaper, how did you choose dad? And uh, he had come over from Holland, he had chosen to be an accountant, and he looked at me and said, Grant, well, when I came over from Holland, uh, I had two options. One was law, the other was accountancy, because he wanted to be a professional, and accountancy took one year less. So I was kind of like, okay, that's great. Uh, That didn't really help me at all. But yeah, I decided to go to Massey University up in Palmerston North, and started studying up there did two years and then actually took a break for two and a half years I was a 
top salesmen around the country. Discovered I had a bit of a, a natural strength in being able to, to meet new people. What were you what were you selling? I was selling a wonderful home care system door-to-door called the Kirby. Yeah, I started it as a holiday job and then, uh, yeah, I I just really loved the idea of meeting new people and, yeah, I became the top salesman in Australasia and I think it really highlights, for me, one of the the big things that people don't realise when they're thinking about what they want to do next. I never realised my own natural strength of meeting new people, going out, you know, even chatting, listening, selling. People hate the word selling, but, you know, be honest, I love it in the best possible way. Until you've got to actually train other people or you talk to other people and they're like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. Or, wow, I find that really hard. Or... Mm. And it was really funny. I'd, I'd never really wigged that that was one of my key strengths. And now what I discover, you know, having done over a thousand coaching sessions, is I, I call it sort of being able to spot people's blind spots. Because often people are so great at what they do naturally that they never see it. And mm. so a bit like Simon Sinek's book, Find Your Why, I basically provide a objective viewpoint yeah, it's, it's really amazing seeing people's light bulbs go on when somebody actually reflects back to them just through stories and listening. Actually, that is something that I'm super good at. And that's always the first point for me, yeah, Chris. It's interesting. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back a little bit. Looking back in hindsight in terms of your, your love of meeting people and your, your ability to, to sell, do you see where that came from when you were younger? Like, do you notice that, have you have you looked back and noticed, uh, actually, at school, I could do this stuff as well, and it just wasn't something that you were aware of? Good question. Uh, I don't think it was something that I was aware of, because I don't think at school, uh, unless you're trying to sell the $2 chocolates or you start up your own lemonade stand, which my daughter did, by the way, very successfully, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that you don't really think about those sort of skills. I think at school, I, for one reason or another, yeah, I mean, my confidence wasn't that high. Um, I can't say that I really loved college. I, you know, I was captain of the fourth 15 at Wellington College, so... Uh, there's a bit of street cred with that. Oh, there's street cred, i tell you what, you know. <laughs> first five of the fourth 15, losing the final 92-3, that was... That oh, was goodness. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was certainly uh, an experience. But I suppose one thing that really helped me was I remember going on an outdoor pursuits centre course mm. uh, when I was about 15, 16. And I don't think the instructor ever really realised the impact that that had. It was about a week. And he told me to go and read, or he'd, he'd mentioned a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective mm. People. And so I remember going into to Whitcalls and starting reading it and actually was so into it that I just plopped myself down and read it while I was there and then would keep popping back and never buying a book, but probably <laughs> people at Whitcalls thinking that, what the hang's this guy doing? That's why Whitcalls are going out of business and Amazon's taking over, Grant, because you didn't Ab- buy their books. Absolutely, <laughs> and even some of them provided these little seats while you could read. I was like, well, this is, this is amazing. So, um, yeah. I mean, and that was probably my first step in terms of, you might say, personal development. Mm. But also, I don't know, I think everybody's background, you know, without going too much into it, is, you know, some people have 
more challenging backgrounds than others more mm. things that when they're growing up they you know they have things that cause ripples for me it was uh, mental health in my immediate family that caused a big ripple for us growing up yeah i mean that that probably set me along on this path of wanting to grow and develop and yeah i mean i going back to your question did i realize i had that knack mm. probably not because my focus I remember when I was 15 and 16 was, uh, <laughs> I'd like to say I decided to be brainy. I don't know if you can decide to be brainy. <laughs> I think uh, Carol, Carol Dweck might argue that you can, depending on how you define brainy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember doing an IQ test at primary school. I don't, I don't remember doing very well, but brainy to me was, uh, I think I got all ones in sixth form. Which, uh, that's solid, that's solid. Well, that's solid, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think we joked earlier about some of the nuances of the school system and even the university system. I think that some of the challenges there is I, you know, you can get, in my case, three scholarships, 11A pluses and 4As in my first three years of university. Mm. But really, does that sort of set you up for, you know, the, the cut and thrust of getting into to the workplace? Yeah, my question. What were you What were you studying at university when you first went? Well, when I first went, I studied chemistry because I was good at chemistry. Yep, and uh, I studied business, so I sort of did started with a bit of a conjoint mm. mishmash of a degree. And then when I came back from my sales stint, I was convinced I was going to be Brian Tracy and and Zig Ziglar, so I I finished a psych degree. So that was my first qual and degree, and then. I thought that marketing was the academic version of selling, and I think the marketing department did a great sales job on me. So I finished a master's degree in marketing after all that. And that was where I got my first role as campus marketing manager at Massey. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much my first gig. My first career in terms of next 10 years was in sales and marketing and fundraising. And yeah, that was the first chapter of my career life, really. Mm, interesting, interesting. And there's a lot of evolution in there over the, over the time as you, probably as you started to find things that you were interested in and, and see, your, see your strengths as well. When did you kind of decide to switch out of that, that marketing realm? I was working as, uh, I came back to Wellington after being in Palmy for about 10 years uh, and a bit of travel in between there and I was the regional fundraising manager at the Foundation of the Blind, looked after all the annual appeals, bucket shakers and uh, they restructured and it was the first time that I got professional career advice, Uh, they had somebody come in and they call it outplacement or career transition and I remember thinking oh my gosh why hasn't somebody told me this before you know I was in my early 30s I had as I said been 10 years in sort of related sales marketing roles and I remember sitting back and going what do the what do I really want to do and what really lights me up and that was when I made the switch what was what was so powerful about the way that they did it to you that that really kind of flicked that switch for you yeah, I think there's always a number of different factors. I mean, you could say timing. Yeah, the right or, question at the right time. Yeah, I think space. Because mm. I think it's really easy to get stuck in something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that restructure or 
gone through redundancy, hey, would I would I still be there? I mean, case in point, you know, at Massey University, now after four years, I knew the ropes. It was a fantastic job. It's a bit plug for Massey, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, I wanted to take my next step, and tell you what, it's uncomfortable. You said in terms mm. of uncomfortable, you go from a steady salary, you know, you know the ropes, launching out. I mean, if you ever want to sort of test your you know, intestinal fortitude, there's two great ways of doing it. One is to go door-to-door selling, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other is to go and go out on your own and uh, launch a business. Yeah, and I mean, if we if we talk about launching a business now, as you say, it's, it's super uncomfortable going out on your own and trying to, to do this stuff. At that point in your life, when you when you started... What was your why at that time? Are you talking about my first business, second or third? This is my third. Let's talk about let's talk about your first business. What okay. was what was your first business in? So the first one was uh, was actually in in Kirby. Okay. Yeah. Because I was such a great salesman, as it happens a lot of the time. Guess what happened? Become a great salesman, and guess what? The next step is. They asked you to train the other salesmen. So you become a trainer. Fantastic. That was my first gig in sales. Guess what they then ask you to do? Become a manager. Manager. Brilliant. Yes. So you become a manager. They called it a sort of a van master. You had a team under you. And then I got promoted to running my own office. And uh, actually I flew up to Auckland. Um, there was no one selling up in Auckland. And I remember starting out, out of a backpacker's. <laughs> and uh, I'd arrive back with vacuum cleaners to the backpackers for the first two weeks before I found a place. And then um, I proceeded to get a two-year lease on a building and build a business you know, over time to I had 15 salespeople, nine telemarketers and two receptionists. And I was stressed out of my tree. And there I was, basically running my first business. And you just kind of ended up there without too much thought after you started. Well, it's a, it's a common principle now called the Peter Principle. I don't know if you've heard of the Peter Principle. I'm not sure. I, I haven't <laughs> heard it called that. Do you want to elaborate? I don't, know, I don't know who Peter is, but apparently it's that you get promoted to the a position of incompetence. So, okay. you know, have you ever reported... I mean, and I'm not picking on managers here, but, I mean, my experience was fantastic in, in one realm, which is often a technical space, mm. or, as you said, m- linked to my strengths, and then they promoted me, and of course, I mean, why not? Why wouldn't I step up, you know? Heck, I'm aspirational at that point. You ask my why? Well, actually, my why, simply at that point, was I got asked. I mean, mm. there wasn't too much logic or thinking behind it, and then, boom, suddenly you're in this uh, this position, and then I get promoted again to running a, an office, and you know, looking back, I didn't have the support that I really think that I needed, and um, I didn't have the self-awareness to be able to say no, and effectively, I, <laughs> I don't know if it was around the same time, shows my age, but I kind of called it a bit like the Space Shuttle Columbia disaster, mm. because literally I had become the top distrib- area distributor in Australasia, but my growth was insane, so from a bus- and. Anybody in business will know that cash is king. Yeah, I mean, effectively, cash flow went out the window. Um, and it, I remember getting to a point where I was thinking, heck, you know, we had, we were selling left, right and centre, people running around. I was 
so stressed, I remember deciding to, to go home, and uh, my dad said, Grant, did you know that you're not making any money? I went, what? Here I was with 25 people, and top, what had happened? Mm. Well, my expenses have blown out. Had a huge tax bill coming. Fascinating, isn't it? The wonderful world of business. Yeah, I decided to go for a, a trip with a friend. We went overseas and came back and, uh, yeah, I decided, nah, shut the office and uh, some of the people that were... Well, actually, first step was reduce the telemarketing department, which by default a lot of the people who were salespeople then left. I decided this gig wasn't for me and I uh, the, the people that were left, I, I went sort of went they went to a different office because there was another office up in Auckland by that point and I went back to university that was my uh I'd say a gap year mm, <laughs> a gap yeah, two yeah. and a half years <laughs> it's a lot to fit in, in in two and a half years just by being asked as well mm. what was your what's your why with your most recent business so with my most recent business the why was because uh I suppose I was looking around and was coming across a lot of mid-career people my age mm-hmm. you know people with children people with mortgages people that had been asked well they had be, well they'd kind of fallen into their career um and a lot of people were not enjoying it so actually it was funny i was at massey and i was having a cup of coffee with a friend who was a school principal and he was saying look oh geez i don't know if i want to be a school principal uh, anymore. I had been principal for eight, nine years. I said, well, hey, you know, would you like to, would you like to do a bit of coaching? At the time I hadn't, I'd, I'd been working mostly with students and it was my first foray back into, I suppose, what I'd been doing before Massey. Uh, and look, I tell you what, it was just amazing. He, since then, he stayed school principal He's rejigged things, he's got energy, he's had opportunities that you wouldn't believe. And I think that that's one of the key insights that I've, I've learnt about working with people around their career. It's sometimes not just pulling the pin and pushing you know, the eject button. Sometimes mm. it's just jigging what you've got. And I always encourage people to make the most of it. And, and, and where possible, to leave on your own terms. Mm, mm. And so it was the it was the excitement of doing that for you again that that triggered hey uh, this is this is something that I want to pursue from a business perspective. Well, it's, yeah, it was well, it's kind of like the excitement of that, but also looking around and thinking, well, where do you go if you literally are in your forties, thirties? You're a manager. You're aspirational. Maybe you want to step up and to the next level you might be technical and you're thinking hmm where do I go for best practice career advice Hmm. in terms of your friends and family brilliant they'll have your back but they don't know the I mean you wouldn't ask them to do brain surgery on you and so that was what motivated me to it was sort of a combination of you know being really excited about setting off on that direction so working more with the professional market again the timing at Massey I there wasn't an opportunity to go to the next level and I'd reinvented myself a number of times over that period of time and it just seemed like the right time to move because here I was telling people to you know follow their passion and make sure that they're engaged in their career and I'd got to a point where you know I was, it was almost like getting a bit like Groundhog Day mm. so how could I 
you know, sit in front of students and tell them that if I'm not feeling it myself. You need, you need to walk the walk as well as talk the talk. Yep. Yeah. I had to swallow my own medicine, which sometimes is not actually the most comfortable. Listening to you talk about it and seeing you talk about it is obviously something that is really exciting for you to, to be doing in, in doing the, the way that you are doing it at the moment. A lot of people, I think, end up having these challenges is that they fall into something that they thought they were going to like when they were 17 and decided, all right, I'm finishing school. What do I do now? And then you start down that pathway and you look up and you're like, well, it's a decade later and I'm here? How the hell did that happen? What are some of the commonalities of the people that come and work with you, Grant, in terms of the, the problems that, that they're struggling with or, or the frustrations that they're having at, at that time that cause them to seek you out? I suppose the, the key question is what do I do next? And then how do I get there? And you might say the problems that they're solving. And look, I, I've been very blessed to, I tell you what works and literally what excites me is the people that I've worked with and the commonality has been they've been professional, I've worked with managers in the bank, people in government departments, senior executives, city councillors and it's really fascinating and you know there's, there is a commonality around one is what do I do next for some people so I mean I can give you a number of examples like one gentleman who sold a very successful business kicked around for 12 months rang me up and said hey wow I hear that you can do this sort of thing and I, he said you've got three weeks I was like heck because he was going overseas I said no worries brought him in and he uh, he wanted to be drinking pina coladas on his uh, next, you know, he was get moving over over to the UK, the UK, and in three weeks, boom, he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, he'd been able to articulate it and had clarity. And I tell you what, it's just awesome to see that. Um, so, I mean, that's an example of what do I do next. Mm. Uh, the other example is almost like, I was going to say, should I step up? So, mm. I work with, you know, case in point a senior manager she had 20 people reporting to her and was looking basically being groomed to be CEO and her question was is that what I really want to do so I mean it's a it's a really interesting I mean that's a career transition just like I mean we chatted a bit earlier about that transition between I'm working full-time to to running my own gig or the transition from I'm a manager here do I step up or the transition and I work with a number of people who the transition's been forced on them so a bit like me with redundancy the transition between I've been working as a technician for the last 20 years and they've restructured and I don't have my role anymore what do I do next? Mm. So it's really, I mean, it, it sounds like it really comes back to the what do I do next question. That's that some, some, someone's got to the kind of the level of awareness where they've, they've sort of, I don't know, if you use the matrix analogy, they've, they've woken up and uh, all of a sudden they, they kind of see things. But there's the uncertainty around 
what's my what's my next step here like what direction do yeah, I take I think I think you I mean I think most people have felt it I know that I've felt mm. it it's that those niggles isn't it yeah and I mean I mean you know you you <laughs> again uh, in terms of health niggles you know I I, it's funny. I, I like the example of how many, how much water should we be drinking today? Oh, that's a good question. My daily water intake, I think, varies drastically. Mm-hmm. Drink when you start to feel thirsty, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but often, you know, you hear, oh, we should be drinking two liters of water to, a, a day. Mm. Um, that's super generic advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you compare a 50kg lady with a 120kg guy, two litres is probably not right for either of them. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the gist though is that, um, and again it is the gist, is that there are principles mm. that are helpful for us to follow. And I think that, um, you know, you mentioned about what are the problems, there's almost like that niggling aspect you know, on a continuum from somebody walking to work and thinking, oh my gosh, I just can't stand this anymore. I'm just going to put my hands on my desk and I'm completely stuck, which I've had, mm. uh, through to people with those aspects where they actually really enjoy what they're doing. They just want to step up. You know, they might, may, they, they might have technical aspects. I mean, working with one gentleman and the government sector and he wants to te- step up to the next level work with a contractor or contractors that want to you know have bigger and better conversations so they're wanting they've got that aspiration of wanting to take that next step and where that's sort of goes to that next question of how do I do it so that's around things like how do I you know put a personal brand how do I pitch myself what do I need to look like if I'm being asked in an interview a lot of people get stumped at the interview uh how do i find these opportunities 60 percent of the jobs are never advertised funny i was just uh drawing a little model that i i like to use yesterday um and i call it a bit like this if you think of this eggshell if you crack the eggshell and go through it that's Mm. where all the opportunities lie um, and you know, it's often when you're on the outside, you never see them. But the moment you start, I don't know, having some direction, some focus, speaking with people, picking their brains, you'll be amazed at what comes out. Mm. So, for someone to crack that eggshell, what would be the, like? What would be your advice around kind of a first step to start trying to trying to crack it? So I've developed a career roadmap. <laughs> so that's based on all my career conversations. And the first step's always the same. And that is to, it's around self-awareness. Knowing who you are, what drives you. And that's why I also um, put together uh, the career, what's called the Confusion to Clarity Guide. Uh, and it's the, the four key steps that you can go through, to, that I go through with people to go oh my gosh this is where i should be aiming including the the fact that there's a lot of people think there needs to be a title or a job that they should be aiming at 
No, it's about what are your key skills and strengths and then there's all sorts of opportunities for you. But the other flip side is it's often easier to identify the ones that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's also one of the steps. So there's a couple of models in there but self-awareness and, and there's some exercises that I go through it's always the first part. Mm. I think, yeah, I mean, the self-awareness is is really important, and kind of being able to understand yourself and what you what you do like, what you don't like, because the speed that things are changing at the moment, what people are currently doing now in ten years' time is going to look completely different. So, mm-hmm. if you think oh, I want to shoot for this job or this this role or this idea that I'm hopefully going to hit in five or ten years time you might start off on that pathway and then get there and think man actually there's all this other cool stuff that I've missed out on because I've been so focused on this and haven't been haven't had that self-awareness to well I've put myself in a basket rather than figured out where am I strong? What do I like doing? How do I go about it and how do I pivot as I need to? Yeah, or a slightly other, a different perspective to that is that you can't help but use your unique strengths and talents. Mm. So with, no matter what you choose, you're going to be using them. I mean, whether it, for me, whether it was fundraising, I've worked in economic development, I've worked in marketing, I've worked in sales, and then I made the switch to training and development, coaching. I mean, I'm using the same skills and strengths. And, mm. you know, those skills and strengths, you know, range from, I mean, if you look at the Strength Finder assessment, which is one of the ones that I'm a really big fan of, you know, the top five, they're common. And so whether or whatever you do for that 10 years, like you said, Chris, I mean, it's you'll be using them. It's just mm. have you taken the time to sit back and go, hmm, what are they? And is this spot that I should be using them? And I think, I mean, whether it be the Gallup research or just common sense says that the time that you'll start feeling frustrated, the times that you'll feel stuck, the times that you'll be like going, oh, is this for me? Is when you're in that spot where you're not, don't have the opportunity to use them or you're being pushed and pulled in areas that you're having to spend a majority of your time not in your areas of strength. Mm. I think that's a nice nice note to kind of bring the conversation down on. Uh, if people are interested in working with you or talking with you or finding out more about your stuff, Grant, where should they go? How can they do that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's the first thing is go to www.sparked.co.nz and yeah, just make contact or download one of the the free resources. And look, I'd love to to just have a, a conversation if, if you're really keen to as I said, if you've got an aspiration for a promotion or you're just sitting there and thinking hmm, what do I do next? I'd uh, love to have a chat and um, and likewise if you're you know, a manager of a team or got some people that you're really wanting to grow and develop it's the same thing. The difference is if you don't do it, they'll, they'll often get frustrated and leave so it's just as important so mm. yeah, just www.spark.co.nz at this stage. Cool. And we'll pop a link in the, in the notes for the show for people as well. 
Grant, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me today and have a conversation around this stuff, but also helping people with these, really these frustrations and life-changing events as well and guiding them through a process that, that they can use to head off in the in the direction that they want to to be heading rather than just kind of drifting along and uh in whatever it is that they're drifting in at the time we won't put any words around that um i've got one other question for you mate do you have a challenge to leave me and the listeners with this week yeah i do i would challenge you and anybody listening to go and make themselves a cup of tea a cup of coffee and to block out 15 to 20 minutes in their schedule which isn't even a full slot on an outlook calendar find a room a desk somewhere at home and to think of a time that you've been super motivated a project that you've been working on for the last six to twelve maybe in the last six to twelve months maybe it's something that you've got a pat on the back or it was that time that you just time flew you just really felt that it was just awesome maybe even felt proud of it and just write it down write down where it was what you were doing and what the result was and that's the starting point to unpacking what are your unique strengths and talents and once you got that you're in the top 20 percent congratulations you're no longer drifting along and you can start using that information to target both what you do day to day and where you want to go nice grant verhoven thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today (laughs) my pleasure there you have it team i hope you enjoyed that conversation with grant and i today Uh, hopefully it's got you thinking about the work that you're doing where you're at in your career are you on the right path um if you're feeling stuck if you're feeling uncomfortable if you're unsure about how or where or if you should take the next step grant is a great person to chat to even from this conversation ideas were sparking off in my brain all over the place a couple of quick thanks as always thank you jyland for your awesome editing skills thank you to my brother jeremy desmond for the amazing theme music and thank you as always to you guys for taking the time to tune in and get uncomfortable with grant and i today 